Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Already we're beginning and Paul's having trouble. The microphone needs Viagra. I think, I think it does need some Viagra. It's going, it's going down on me. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay though? Oh, yeah, we're doing, just, yeah. just lie down on the floor. Yeah, seriously. You know, throw me off my element, you know? See, Frank doesn't have that problem, do you, Frank? I don't have that problem at all, actually. <laughs> but I can hear Paul. That's the problem. I can hear uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I can say, Frank, Frank, another week without you in the studio is just a blessing. Do we have you back next week, though? You have me back next week. Okay, I might take You're the week. away, Paul? I might take the week off, yeah. I might take the, let Dora do the show next week. I do want to give a quick shout out though. I want to give a quick shout out to my girlfriend Petra and her bestie Krista, who are actually in a hockey rink right now listening to our show. They're so loyal. They have their earbuds in listening to the show. Boy, they have no life either, huh? Uh, no, they don't, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> See, Frank's hiding out because rates went up, right, Frank? I'm hiding out because my family's with me and I love spending time with my family. Nice. Oh, nice. Look at that. There's, they must be listening. There's some man yeah. points right there. No, nope. brand new granddaughter. So first time she's uh, she's got to feel what summer is like. She was born in November. So being able to be with her in uh, in sunshine and 26 degrees is something special. Oh, that's that's very nice. But I actually brought this up to talk about rates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I know. So, so bond markets have gone up. You're right. Steve, I mean, bond markets have gone up. Look at the data that's come out the last two, three weeks where, you know, especially here in the U.S., where uh, the economy is absolutely booming. Um, you know, any place that I've gone here is is fairly steady. I will say uh, a lot of people are whining and complaining about the food of or the cost of necessities like food, gas. I mean, gas is at $330, $340 a gallon, which is significantly better than what we're paying back home. But What's that a liter? Uh, what's, what's gallons and liters? Uh, well, uh, uh, what is it? Four and a half, I think. So, uh, again, significantly less. Yeah. I mean, they're at probably 70 or 80 cents, and you take the exchange into account, then uh, totally different. But, um, again, I, I, I mean, to them, that's high. I mean, they like it starting with the two, not with the three. So, uh, but milk and bread and just the necessities are, are very expensive here as well. So uh, it's a worldwide problem, I think. I think uh, there's many economists that are, you know, this week reading some of them saying uh, the world is going to go into a worldwide uh, recession in the second half of this year. And it's going to be interesting to see whether that comes true or not. Yeah, it wow. seems like every every month another country jumps on the recession line now. Yeah, yeah. It seems like everybody's starting to feel it. Uh, people are hurting. Governments have have maybe treated uh, this recovery in, in the wrong manner. Uh, I think some of the government heads have taken uh, responsibility for it. Others have not. Others have said they did whatever they needed to. Uh, but at the end of the day, the uh, certainly in our country, Canadians, everyday Canadians have paid the price for it. You know what? They're, what's happening in the states now is because they have such pretty good interest rates in the homes they're already in. Yeah. As divorces happen, 
couples are continuing to live together yeah. in that yeah. house. Yeah, that that's correct. It's and it's I mean in the, in the states when you have a 30-year mortgage, if you have a a mortgage at 2 or 3% and now they're at 6 and a half 7%, you're you're not moving. I mean, unless yeah. you can port that mortgage, but you know, if you're porting, some that means you're usually you know, upgrading or downsizing and it's you're you're Well, and you got to port I don't know if you can you port if you if you separate or divorce, can you port a mortgage, Frank? Uh in the US it's not um, it's not normal. There are some exceptions made. I spoke to uh, one here this week, and uh, there are some exceptions made, but it's very, very rare because, well, the lender uh, has the option to allow it or not. In many cases, they're saying nope. If you're uh, uh, if if you're changing title in any way, then you need to start the mortgage over. And unfortunately, today they're in the seven. So I, I've been keeping track of interest rates here. They're in the seven. That's, 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 so, a, that's a big different. chunk of money, especially when you're living in a place like California where your average sale price is, you know, $1.6 million yeah. and, you're, and you're, you know, you're in a 7% mortgage. And, and that's why we're seeing a lot of places in the States that they're, they're just, nobody's moving. I mean, they're, it's a stale, stale market. Frank, there was a report today, I think it was in the Globe and Mail, um, uh, that uh, you might you were probably on the email from Mike Carcetto and uh yeah yeah 45,000 realtors have left the business in Ontario and a large chunk of them are coming out of Toronto but they're still reporting that there's still way too many realtors in Toronto so there's 80,000 some realtors in Ontario and there's 60,000 some in Toronto alone 60,000 plus realtors and in fact when your daughter was here Steve I think she actually said it was more like 70,000 yeah. realtors or maybe I think she actually said 73,000 realtors in Toronto. How insane is that? That's crazy. Yeah. But we're seeing, I mean, we, even here in Ottawa, I mean, we were during the pandemic when everyone thought, you know, anyone could sell a house and, you know, I'm going to get into real, real estate and make a quick buck and make an easy buck. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people now leaving the business as the market gets tougher. And, and for, for the people that think the market is really, really, really tough. This is what we call a normal market, people. Yeah. This is a normal market where, you know, when I look at the sales, when I look at the listings, when I look at all the metrics and the numbers, this is like a 2018 or a 2019 market is what we're going through. That's almost similar to those months. Well, the income for a real estate agent has dropped uh, how much? 40%, 40% in the last two years. Yeah. Well, we here in Ottawa alone, we're, we're almost at 4,000 realtors now. Before the pandemic, we were at three. So we gained a large chunk of realtors during that pandemic. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hopefully a lot of them learn the right way to do things to that because it's, we're in a tough market right now, which, which is a normal market, but you, you know, you have to sharpen your skills and you have to be really good. Your craft has to be really good in a market like this. I mean, not anyone can sell a house and not everyone, anyone can help you buy a house. You need to be sharp and you need to be skilled now in order to help your clients. And, and to be honest with you, that's the way it should be. Yeah. That's the way it should be. I mean, sure. during the pandemic, sure, it was easy to sell houses during the pandemic, but it was really hard to work with buyers during the pandemic. And right now we're in a market where it's tough for buyers and tough for sellers. So it's, it's, it's a challenging market. And, um, you know, I know we have a lot of wonderful realtors in this, in this business and it's, it's time that everyone sharpens their pencils to get through this tough market. It did make sense though, because in the pandemic you were stuck at home. You could take that course from home. So yes. It, it made sense that a lot of people jumped in and said, I'm going to try real estate. Well, when you saw houses going for, you know, 900, a million, 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2, and people were like, whoa, realtors must be making good bank on that. 
and then they jump into the into the business. But it was it wasn't as wasn't as easy as what people thought it was. And as we're seeing, a lot of realtors are leaving the business. Well, the report said forty five thousand realtors have left out the business yeah. in Ontario over the last year. I wonder so, how many of those would be temporary, and then when things pick up again, they'll try. Well, that's what that's what it did say in the article too that they're they're especially a place like Toronto, they're worried that those people are going to jump back in. Because even though of those 45,000, I don't know how many were from Toronto, but I'm going to say a good chunk of those agents are from Toronto. And, you know, they're already, even losing all those agents, there's still way too many agents per capita. Per capita, there's more realtors per capita in Toronto than anywhere else in the world. Wow. The world. So like, you're going to see a bunch of people jumping back in, I'm assuming, once the market gets a little bit easier and that you'll see them maybe jump back in. But the one thing I will tell you is the real estate board has done a really, really good job of making it tough to get into real estate now. Uh, the course is no longer as easy as it was. I mean, back when I took it, it was it was much easier. It was still time consuming, but it was much easier than it is right now. Now you go to Humber College, it's five five uh, courses you have to take. You have to pass with a 75%. And it's challenging. I know a lot of people that have gone through it and it's very, very challenging. And so it should be. So it should be because I I said years and years and years ago, the bars of entry into real estate are really, really easy. They're now not easy. So it's good. It, it, I think it, it, it sort of weeds out the people who are like, oh, why don't I give this a try? And then they get through phase one, they get through phase two and they're like, wow. This is a lot of work and this is time consuming. So it's, it's that's why when you're looking for an agent, <clears throat> you got to find experienced agents. Well, you do, you do. You want to find track record. You want to, you know, know what their metrics are. Um, th- that's the most important thing is metrics. You want to know that they've done it over and over and over again. You want to know that they have a good selling um, percentage that they sell almost everything they touch. And people don't realize this, but you know, last year in Ottawa. Uh, only, I think it was 57, don't quote me on that number, but it's in the high 50s of percent of homes that actually hit the market, sold. Everyone thinks, oh, everything that hits the market sells. It was a high 50 number. I think it was 57. Yeah, uh, you assume that if it's been on the market, eventually it will sell. Yeah, well, guess what? Only half the homes actually sell. So, you know, you that's why I always say you got to choose someone. Is you, you have This is your first crack at it. You got to choose someone who's going to get the job done for you because only half the homes are going to sell in a year. And more and more stories about people being in the ditch, eh, Frank? Oh boy, people too many of them. And this people. week, this this week, I mean, one hit the news this week, where yeah. unfortunately, a young lady bought her first home during the peak of real estate and paid a whole bunch over list price, and uh, nine months later loses her job. I mean, what is she to do in that scenario? And and, and you're and, you, like and you're bank. in the ditch, right? You can't you can't sell it and get your money back. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing that didn't come out in that story, I'd love to know is whether, you know, that individual purchased a home with less than 20% down, because if they did, then all of a sudden at that point, it becomes a little easier because the bank should have no recourse on the client. As long as they did everything by the book, that's what the default insurer is there for. That's why it's called default insurance and the client pays for it. Instead of something unfortunate like that were to happen, where she lost her job and she had no choice. I mean, she couldn't live in the house anymore. She couldn't find another job. So she was in a position where, uh, you know, she had to give up, give up the keys to the house, which she did. And the bank takes it over and they sell it. And if they lose money, well, that's what default insurance is there for. And guess who paid for it? The client did. So, um, but again, that wasn't told in the story. And I'd love to know whether that person had it because again, they're talking about her having to claim bankruptcy and, you know, she's not going to be responsible for the mortgage outside of what the bank gets because that default insurer would then uh, cover the bank on any losses. Did they say when she bought? 
She bought it to peak. She she, she, over, to peak. she overpaid by two hundred thousand. Yeah, that's that's yeah, two hundred over list price. But it's but it's not the only time we're going to hear stories like this. It's like we're, we're we are now getting people calling us who bought in Jan, Feb, March, and April of twenty two, saying I need to sell. And my first response is, Oh no, You're, it's it's not a good thing if you bought in those t- that period. Um, now re- we always say real estate's a long term play, but sometimes it's not. Right. Sometimes. Well, sometimes situations dictate whether you can stay right, or not. Right. And and those are the calls that I don't like to get because most likely they're way under where they paid for that home, which is not not good. Not good. So if you have default insurance, Frank, it shouldn't be a problem to walk away. Well, you walk away. Unfortunately, the circumstances, you can't make the payments. I mean, I, I, I would, you know, the one thing, if you have default insurance, always try to get in front of it. So if you lose your job. You want to be able to call the lender and call the default insurer up front. Let them know what's happened to you. The default insurer, all of them have had, uh, we've had conversations with, we've had them in our meetings, have all said that they've got plans in place for people that go through a scenario similar to what this young lady did, where, you know, they'll put a plan together with the bank to keep the person in the house and say, listen, over the next 12 months, can you afford to pay just the interest? Is that doable? Uh, what, what can you, what can you help with so that we keep you in the house and keep the mortgage intact until you get your job back? So the default insurers are there for customers because that's what they're in place for. They're in place to make sure that Canadians get to stay in their homes. Should an unfortunate circumstance like a job loss or a uh, health issue or a marital breakup happen so that, uh, you can get back on your feet. We're uh, two minutes over time, Frank. It's uh, now eleven eighteen and forty three seconds. You talked for too long. Paul, Paul just lost fifteen. I for too long. Paul just lost fifteen yeah. pounds in the last two minutes <laughs> of worry. Yeah, yeah. I five talked two three minutes. I talked three minutes. And Paul talked ten minutes. But I talked too much. When did you guys get married? Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Anybody else you want to say hi to there, Paul, while we're here? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Petra, Petra is texting me saying, say hi to Zach and Cruz. They're watching, they're listening too. So hi, Zach. Hi, Cruz. <laughs> Frank, anybody there you want to say hello to? Anybody you missed that you didn't want to call? <laughs> I don't know who's listening, so I'm say, I say hi to everybody. I have no idea who's listening. <laughs> I know we have a good, loyal listenership, I'll tell you. Yeah. Again, small world. I've always said it's a small world, but I'm at the Costco here in Fort Myers last week, and who do I run into? A former realtor uh, who's just walking around doing some grocery shopping. So, And says he listens to the show on Saturdays. He goes, I heard you this morning. I knew you were in Florida. I didn't know you were here. So there you go. Hey, wow. You know, you know, it's funny, and you get this a lot too, Frank, but I'm shocked at how many young people actually listen to our show. Like, Why, thank you. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm like, you know, the demographic for CFRA is a little bit older demographic, right? Yeah. And Steve's age. Yeah. yeah Steve's age. But, but, but yeah. I'm, I see, like, I'm running to people that are like 20s and 30s saying, oh, I love your show. I'm like, you listen? I'm like, yeah. I was like, wow, that's impressive. So, yeah, there's a lot of young people listening to the show. Boy, I thought young to you now was like 45. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It kind of is, you know? When you say you, you mean Greg and I, right? Greg's a, yes, Greg's yes, a, Greg's exactly. actually Greg's actually a month older than me. He turns 50 in March. Wow. Next you, month. You guys are ancient. Yeah. You're too old to listen to the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the uh, housing starts down 43% compared to December. 
in Ottawa. Now, this is how bizarre numbers can be. Because yep. you can skew them any way you want. They're down from December 43%, but they're up 297% from last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so uh, try and figure these things out, you know? I'm, I'm honestly trying to figure out the numbers this this year from the Real Estate Board. They've changed things, and it's uh, I'm... That's why sometimes I just don't even quote the numbers because they're in, until I can figure out what they've changed and what algorithms they've changed, it's just it's it's so hard trying to find the exact numbers the way you want them now. Um, now how is it for your company? Because that's a pretty good gauge usually. How's the first couple of months of uh, February been, or first couple of weeks of February been? Uh, strong, strong. Greg was actually saying this morning that he's doing shooting lots of nice homes, which is great. So we've got some nice listings coming up in the pipeline, which is good. Uh, we had a we had a fairly strong January. I mean, stronger than our January last year. But it's hard to keep in mind last year, Jan, Feb, March was pretty tough. It was they weren't great. It was the worst in about three years. Right? It was pretty bad. Yeah, and you know, as a company, we didn't have a great January. We had a decent January this year. Uh, you know, historically, we've been better, but we had a pretty decent January. Um, but I always like to I always like to go by the listings we're putting on the market. Because as we can put more listings on the market, the sales will come. So we're putting lots of nice listings. So paulrushford.com, if you want to take a look at some of the nice listings. And Greg said he shot a lot this week that were that were very, very nice homes, which is good to hear. Any bargains? Um, I and I put that in parentheses. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't say anything's a bargain. I mean, a seller's... I mean, fixer-uppers, or is there any interest in that anymore? Or... Well, fixer-uppers, it's hard, right? Because you can't flip properties. There's an anti-flipping tax, right? So you can't really flip properties. No, no, I mean to to buy. Like, to buy and, and a... renovate and live. Yeah. yeah, we do have some. We do have some. But the appetite right now is not for fix, fixer-uppers. It's It really isn't. We went through the period of COVID where the ugliest homes could sell overnight. It didn't matter what. I'd go in, they'd be like, should we paint here and change this and change this? I'm like, nope, just get it on the market. That's completely changed. Since the market got tough last year, um, your house has to stick out. And if it doesn't stand out, it, you're going to be waiting to sell. So you got to make sure you're doing the little things uh, and you know, get us through the door before you get the house on the market so we can tell you what to do and what not to do. And too many sellers will do things and they'll spend, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars trying to upgrade something, and I'm like, well, that didn't bring any value. Yeah, you know, and that's got to be fewer and fewer now because it's expensive now to get this stuff done, right? It is, it is. So the, the the little things we like to tell people to do are the things that don't cost much, right? Declutter, clean, smell nice, paint, light fixtures. Those are, you know, four or five of the things that we we say is adamant that you have to do. Number one is obviously just clean and declutter is is number one because you you want to be able to, especially if you're a smaller home, if you want to stand out and and show a little bit bigger, therefore, if it's a little bit bigger, maybe you can cheat a little bit on price, you better declutter that property and make it look really, really nice and big. Yeah. Things you can do for cheap. For cheap, right? Like I don't want, I'm not going to tell you to go put a brand new kitchen in the house. You know, if you're in a million dollar place, then maybe it's a different story. But, you know, I'm I'm, going to tell you things that you need to do to increase the value of your home. Sometimes I'll come through and I'll say, guys, you, you, you know, you need new kitchens, you need new bathrooms. I wouldn't do it. What I would do is price it accordingly. So you just price it a little bit lower, you know, because you don't want it to be up against something that's, you know, looks top notch. Because it's expensive to borrow money for that kind of stuff now, eh, Frank? It's so expensive. I mean, you've still got Prime sitting at 7.2. So, you know, any home equity line of credits, usually anywhere in the range between Prime plus a half, Prime plus one. So you're, you know, you're touching 8%. And, and you know, depending on how much you borrow, that could that could really increase your monthly cost. And for for many people, they just can't afford it right now. How much are people paying on principal now that are getting new mortgage? 
much less. I mean, you're probably looking in the, uh, you know, again, if you're taking your standard 25-year amortization, you probably got about 20%, 25% of your payment going to uh, principal, where just a short while ago, it was, it was the other, I mean, it was in the 60s and 65 and 70 on so you're saying, for every payment. So. Frank, Frank, you're saying right now that only about 20, 25% is going on principal? Yeah. Really? Yeah. On a twenty-five year amortization. Again, okay. we're looking at a twenty-five year amortization, right? So yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, but but it'll get better as uh as you get into your next term because obviously you'll be down to a twenty year and hopefully by then the interest rates will be down back into the threes or fours. I, I used to love watching my mortgage come down and watch so much go to the principal, <laughs> right? Now it's yeah. now it's all going to interest. Yeah, it's my, all it's not all as all much interest. these days. Yeah, my commercial mortgages are ugly. Ugly, <laughs> but it, it was so nice yeah. when, back when we were doing 50 60 percent on principal. Oh, yeah, like, boy, you were getting ahead no then. Kidding. Yeah. Plus, the properties were no increasing so much. In worse, yeah, then even worse, anybody that's in a variable rate mortgage that's got those fixed payments had those fixed payments. So, with TD or CIDC or RBC, you know, they in some cases they have very next to nothing going towards principal, so their balance is virtually the same every month. Because their interest rate, the interest rates have gone up so much that all of their payment is covering the interest and none covering the principal. So I guess the only extremely way to, disappointing. I guess the only way to combat that is if you did have extra disposable money, would be to double up your payments or put a lump sum down. Uh, it's what we told people to do back then. Yeah, yeah, but I've, I've done that when I was because the only variable I'm in right now is my cottage, and I've doubled up my payments, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm set just as much. Yeah, as but you can do it. Yes, that's I what I'm saying. You if you do can it. do not it, everybody can do it. Yeah, if you can do it though, and you're not doing it. I would strongly recommend doing it while you can, while the while the rates are so poor. I would I would strongly recommend doing that. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. On News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back, Frank DePolitano, Paul Rushforth here. To the phones we go and say hello to Asma. Hello, Asma. Hi, yes, hello. Hi, we're ready for you. We, we've been, you know what, Paul got in this morning and said, what time is Asma calling? Because I'm excited that's exactly, about that. exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead Thank with your you. question, Asma. Okay, my question is, uh, I got a uh, bill under uh, for 60, six, uh, 6.64 for two years percentage, okay? And also, I got a lender from another uh, lender, but for five years, close, five years fixed for 5.24. So I'm thinking okay. because, like, the inter- everybody said the interest is going to go down. And they said it's not worth it to have it five years. I'm thinking go with the B lender, which is six point six four, or go with the A lender, which is and five years five point twenty four. So my suggestion would be go back to the A lender and ask him if they will do a five year variable at close to the B rate. Now the difference is that the benefit is that number one, you're with an A lender, and I suspect the B lender also probably has a uh, a lender fee attached to it, so that's an additional cost that you can avoid if you go with the A lender. And if that A lender won't give you a variable, then 
let's look for another A lender that will give you the variable because I, I strongly believe and everything I've read over the last few weeks highly, highly suggests and recommends that we're going to see some significant interest rate cuts in the second half of this year. So uh-huh. being in a variable rate mortgage allows you to convert it to a fixed when you're ready, when you think that interest rates have dropped to the level that you're comfortable with. So I wouldn't take the five-year at the A lender because once you take that five-year at the A lender, you're committed to it for five years because getting out of it, if interest rates come down as much as they're predicting they will, is going to be very expensive. But if you go into a variable, you'll have the option to convert it to a B. So I'd rather go into a variable at the same rate as the B because then you don't have to wait the two years. If interest rates come down over the next 12 months or 14 months, you can convert it in 12 or 14 months instead of having to wait the two years. Hey, Frank, if if she's not able to get that variable rate mortgage, if they've offered her a five-year fixed, I'm sure they'd offer her a one- or a two-year fixed, would they not? Agreed, and that rate will be very similar to what you're getting on the B side. So so just don't uh, take a five-year B- fix is what you're saying. Yeah, like I don't think that the five-year fix is the way to go, although it's very tempting. Many Canadians are being tempted by the fact that, number one, they've seen where interest rates have gone, and they're worried this might continue. And number two, it's the lowest rate that's out there because the bond markets are inverted today. So instead of a one-year being lower than a five-year, it's the opposite, hence why we're seeing five-year mortgage rates being lower than the one-year mortgage rate. I, I'm, I'm seeing so many mortgage brokers and bankers locking people into five-year fixed mortgages right now, and it's just not... But those penalties way. are going to be horrendous yeah. if you've got to get and, out. And if, and if, and if Ashma's in a five-year fixed at 5.24, I think she said, if, if Frank is right, which most economists are saying, and they start dropping rates, you know, you could be looking at, you know, high threes, and you're stuck in a 5.24 mortgage, and you're going to be upset and kick yourself. Yeah. Yeah, my, my recommendation, number one, go with the A lender. I wouldn't go with the B lender uh, because, again, I mean, I think it's it's less expensive to go with the A lender. Just don't get caught up in a five-year. And if it's a mortgage broker that's doing that to you, it's because the compensation is higher for a five-year mortgage than it is for a one-year, and they're being selfish about the recommendation they're making. So if that's the yeah. case, then you're working with the wrong mortgage broker, too. Yeah, I will ask for variable, but if it didn't, like, because when I asked for three years fixed, yeah. uh, they they said, no, be honest, like, they need five years fixed, and also there is no transfer fee, no, like, uh, closing. Yeah. How much of a down payment? No Is this for a purchase? What? Is this for a purchase? Uh, is this for your existing? Is, is this your existing mortgage, mortgage Asha? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's for mortgages coming so up. So you already have a mortgage. mortgage yes. You're, no, no, but you already have a mortgage, and you're just renewing it. Is that what's yes, happening? Uh, yes, I already I have mortgage, and I have been under for three years, and I just last year are renewable, uh, and it goes so high, different from the two years before. Uh, it was six point thirty nine, and this yes. year it's become high more. It's become a hundred percent point sixty four. Like yes. uh, because so, I thought from last year it's gonna be like it's gonna be down, but no. It's but it's not. Like we haven't seen the Bank of Canada lower their rate. Actually, in the last twelve months, they've increased it by half a percent. So that's why you're seeing the higher rate. But it sounds like you're currently with the B lender right now. Yes, I'm with the B lender, but I got yeah. the L lender. Yeah, you want to move to an A then. 
My advice I would be... Can... be lend, a, a lender approval, but it should yeah. be five years fixed with the 5.24. I'm thinking yeah. if I lose this opportunity and go with the B lender for two years, maybe it's going to be um, more high. I, I don't know. Uh, be honest, but that's why I'm, I, I'm calling don't. you and asking you to yeah. advise me. Yeah, go to the A lender, but don't take a five-year fix. Ask them what their rates are on a two-year fix, which would be lower than the B lender. Or even better, I think, ask them what the rate is on a five-year. Now, the five-year variable will be very similar to what your B lender is offering right now. But again, you're going to have options. With the five-year variable, you have the options to get out of the variable. Not to mention, if prime comes down 1%, like many economists are saying, in 2024 alone, your variable rate will come down by 1% in the year. But then you so got to qualify at a higher rate, right, Frank? Yes. That's the, so that's the question, right? Do you yes. not qualify? Are they only offering you the five-year fix because it's the only one you qualify for? And if that's the case, then that's where you got to make a really tough decision. Or the best thing you could do is let Frank do all the work for you, and yeah. he will get you a better rate. In fact, I will give you a cell phone number and call, <laughs> call him every hour while he's in Florida and, and, and make him work the whole time he's in Florida, all right? <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thanks, thank Ashman. Thank, thank you. you. But, but that's what I was thinking. She's doing all this work, and I'm like, just make Frank do it. Yeah, you know? that's what he gets paid for. Yeah, yeah. but... But again, you're right. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's possible that she only qualifies for yeah. a five-year fixed with an institutional lender, and that's the only option they've given her if she doesn't qualify. And it's unfortunate because that's where the stress test is wrong now. I, I, I mean, forcing Canadians to go into a turn that they really don't want, especially in a declining rate environment, is unfortunate because, uh, again, you're penalizing them. So now look at the choice she has to make. She has to stay with a B lender at a point and a half higher because she's done nothing wrong. She's made her payments. Otherwise, that B lender would never offer a renewal. So she's done everything right. But because of the way they calculate the 2% above the posted rate or, or your contract rate, now she's being penalized because she has to take a five-year knowing that interest rates are coming down. And she'll be stuck in it for five years at the higher rate. Frank, totally unfortunate. Frank, would she be smarter to... If, if they won't give her a variable mortgage, if they if they say nope, sorry, five year fixed or nothing, she might even be smarter taking the two year with the uh, or with one the, year if you yeah, if you like can. a one year or two year be. yeah, you might be because you know yes, it's going to suck for the next two years, but but when she comes out of it, the rates are going to be much lower. So if they say no to that five year fix, she might be smarter to go with that B lender. Wouldn't a B lender give her a year, Frank? Yeah, for sure. It's either a one year or two year. The B lender should should be able to offer both options. Yeah, one year would be uh, like, and yeah. if. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a one year, like if I had the fact to make a choice, I would take a two year. But again, I'm, my money is on the fact that the reason she's looking at a two year is because the two year rate could be as much as a half percent lower than the one year rate. Yeah. But it yeah. might be worth biting the bullet uh, for a year. It might be worth biting the bullet. Yeah. It might be worth it because the last thing you want to do is get stuck into a five year fixed right now when rates are at an all time high getting stuck in a five-year fix and you're watching your friends in, in two years getting a, a mortgage at 3.5 and you're in a, you know, a 6% mortgage and you're going to be kicking yourself. So do and, not. And the penalty, the penalty. But you know what? In two years yeah. is going to be crazy. You can't get out. Yeah. So you can't get out I, uh, at that point. I, our, my team, we try to consider ourselves almost like a, a, a poor version of a mortgage broker. 
we always try to find out what people are, are getting offered in as far as mortgages and stuff like that. And I think probably 90, 95% of the time, oh, I've been offered a five-year fix at this. I'm like, did they give you any alternatives? Did, yeah. they, did they offer you a variable or a shorter term? No, they said the five-year fix is the smartest way to go. And I said, yeah, go talk to Frank. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, go talk to someone who's going to give you that honest advice. Now, let me ask you a stupid question that I probably, after all these years, should know the answer to. Uh, if I, I get a variable rate, a variable mortgage, Frank, the day I decide to lock in, is it only for the balance of that five-year term, or does another five-year start? It's up to you, but you need to commit to the uh, balance remaining on your original five-year variable. So an example is if you took a five-year variable, and two years from now, you've got three years left on your variable, and you choose to lock in, your options are three years or longer. You can't take a one or two year at that point. But but do you have to requalify if you decide to take a no. at, at five years? No, no. no, okay. No, no. You don't need to requalify. You don't need to do any of that stuff. So it's not uh, ju- it's so, not for the balance of the term that you originally took out. It starts anew, right? No, he said either. You you could add more years. No, no, it's either, right? If you took a five so so in other words, if you again, if you decided two years from now to convert <clears throat> your five-year variable to a fixed mortgage, you can choose anywhere from a three-year term and up, but you must, whatever term you choose, you must at least fulfill the five years that you originally signed up for right now. Right. So. You know, Steve, that was not a stupid question at all. Shouldn't we not have known the answer to that by now, though? <laughs> well, yeah, but listen, we're, what are we, year 18? Yeah. We're, we're going to be much better next year, for sure. I can't wait. I can't wait for 18 more years. I'm going to have some really good questions. <laughs> You'll be in a diaper, bud. Who's <laughs> to say I'm not now? 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Paul Rushford is here. Frank Napolitano is here. Anybody have to say hi to this segment? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, don't forget Greg Tilly's here and Steve Gregory's here. Yes. those. You know what, Greg? We should just, should be you and me from here on in. Oh, perfect. See you guys. See, see you next week. The Greg and Gregory show? Yeah, the Greg and Gregory show. But Frank's coming back, so I'll probably take next week off. You know, of course. I, Beautiful. I need, I need some time away from Frank. I don't know why you guys don't get along anymore. It used, <laughs> used to be so nice when we were a family. <laughs> so you're taking a lot of pictures, Greg? You're out and about doing a lot? Yeah, we got a lot of... Lot you, got of a good, you feel good about the next month, month and a half that you're going to be on the road a lot? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, we're we're coming into that spring market, like you know, Paul's always talking about. I mean, we started it, you know, at the beginning of February. Some beautiful listings, and they're selling quick. Really? Good. Yeah. Like, and you must know, be like, the photographer. Oh, he's the best in the city. That's why I stole him. Yep. I actually had another big realtor uh, this week call me and say, um, you know, what what happened with Greg? They're like, you know, I I'm looking to do the same thing. I'm spending upwards of seventy, eighty thousand dollars on photos and that. And I want to have an in-house photographer. And I said, that's kind of how I got Greg. Because Greg used to do all our, used to do all our our photos regardless. Yeah. But, you know, I was spending a fortune with, with his company. And um, I think it was Jocelyn one day put something out on Indeed or something. And Greg saw it. And I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) And Greg's like, well, actually, I'm calling because I'm actually interested. I was like. That's one way to get him to work for you for less. Yeah. Yeah. And I I got off the phone and I said to, to Jocelyn and Angie, I said, uh guess who's interested in the job? And I said, 
Greg Tilly. And you're like, no effing way. Yeah, good score. Yeah, yeah, really good. All right, let's take a look at the uh, cost of renting now. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers are out. Toronto leads the way, $2,511 for a one-bedroom. One bedroom, yeah. Windsor's the cheapest at a little over 1500 and Ottawa, a little over $2,000 now. Oh, that's that's crazy. For a one-bedroom apartment. That is crazy. It's and 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 most most people now are renting, you know, at least two, sometimes three bedrooms. Yeah. So, you know, a townhouse right now, if you can get a townhouse for in suburbia for twenty five hundred a month, you're getting a fairly decent deal. Um, unless you're got long term tenants in there and yeah. you're they're probably nowhere near. I mean, I I, I have two townhomes right now that are under two thousand a month, three bedroom townhomes that should be twenty five, twenty six, and I'm just waiting for them to leave so I can get yeah. the rents back up. But now at twenty Two thousand dollars a month, Frank. Twenty five hundred if you have a two bedroom. Say, what's that compared to what most people are paying in a mortgage right now? Depends when they got their houses. I mean, most mortgages that are maturing today start with the two, so they're in the two hundred level. Uh, obviously, that changed tremendously during during the pandemic, and where houses went up to five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand. So therefore, the mortgage is much larger. But, but what are you, you seeing for monthly payments that, on average now? Well, well, it would be like a $350,000 mortgage to, to be able, at today's interest rates, to have a payment in that range once you incorporate property taxes in there. So, again, there's not many houses out there in that if you're a first-time home buyer, it's less than 400000 That's the difference today. Once interest rates come down, I think that number will go up into the five hundred, and then that's your townhouse. So now, all of a sudden, you can make a decision. Before the pandemic, you can choose to pay the rent, even though the rents were seventeen or 1800 Dollars, but if the average townhome was four hundred thousand dollars, by the time that you put your property taxes in there, you were within a hundred to two hundred dollars a month. The problem today is that it's seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars a month difference, and that's why first-time home buyers are sitting on the sidelines. And you know what's funny about Canada compared to the states is I find Canada is fairly consistent with with their prices. Like there's not a lot of you know super high-end markets and then super cheap markets. Whereas the states, like I remember when I was in Mexico recently standing in the pool, I'm talking to a bunch of Americans and they're, they're from all different parts of the States. And, and I always ask about their real estate and their average sale price and all that stuff. And, you know, the contrast between like, let's say a, a St. Louis or a Kansas city compared to like a California, you know, their average sale price there is like 180 where in California, it's like 1.6 million. Right. So it's, it's, it's just, the contrast in the States is so much bigger than in, in, in Canada. You look at New York well, city. Not really. You look at Toronto versus Saskatoon and there's a big contrast there too. It's just a different city. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's less in Canada. Maybe that's just me. Among big cities, you mean? Yeah, yeah. If you if you want to rent in New York City now, do you know how much money you need to get into the game? Uh, you're you're probably just a parking space alone is between is, first and last, and the brokerage fee because you got to pay a brokerage fee to find a place to rent. Yep. You need ten grand, a little over ten grand in New York. That's insane. Just to rent. Yeah, a lot of places in the states have gotten rid of the buyer's agents, right? So there's, and it it, it may come here to Ottawa to, or to Canada too. Uh, whereas you you go through the listing agent if you want a buyer's agent, you're paying that buyer's agent up front to do the work for oh, you. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Yeah, which is not a, not a bad thing. I mean, because real estate's probably one of the only industries where you work your butt off, spend a lot of money with the hopes of selling something and getting paid. Yeah, but right? there is a return at the end. There is, you, there is. But, but you then know, you got to balance that out with the ones that don't work out. Well, so I know pretty close to how much I spend per listing. And last year we had somewhere, somewhere uh, 75 to 80 expired listings. 
Wow. That's a lot of money out of my pocket that didn't, nothing sold. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I always say to the agents, I'm like, that's my money and your time. I don't want you wasting your time or my money. So, you know, do a good job and get those homes sold. And it's, I would be, well, I told you it was about 57% of all the homes that hit the market sold last yeah. year in, in Ottawa. So it's a lot of and homes. That, are, and now is that lower than it has been in say five years ago on an average? No, it's, it's pretty consistent where it's been. Um, there were some years that I, I remember one time where I was at a conference and this guy gets up and he says, you know, what's the percentage of homes that hit the market that don't sell? And everyone's like, um, I don't know. It's probably like 80%. Sorry, that do sell. About 80%. And I said 42. And everyone looked at me like I had four eyes. And yeah. it was 42. I remember it being 42%. Wow. So 42% of all the homes that hit the market sold. So there was 58% that did not sell. Wow. That's Look insane. at that math, hey, Frank? Right. Yeah, right off the top of his How head. How quick was that? I'm sure he made it all up, but yeah, it I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking I of, I assume that you had it in writing in front of you, so I can't see you. So I, <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. For he having it in writing. Just came wow. right off my brain, Frank. Right off my brain. Just before we go, talking about rates, the predictions now are they're going to come down five times beginning in June. You think that's right, Frank? Yeah, they might be right because I think the economic numbers are going to come out starting in the second half of this year are going to be pretty weak. Yeah. The job numbers, look at, I, I mean, all we got to do is look around and see all the layoffs that are happening, not only in Canada, but in the U.S. as well. And I think at some point those numbers are going to catch up to the economy. We're seeing it now. People that are renewing their mortgages right now, their payments are 30 40% more than they were. Listen, they don't have that 30 40% sitting in their bank account, so they're going to take it away from the economy somewhere. So, well, so that, that would mean that at this time next year, we're looking at uh, 375 for variable. Which again wouldn't be well, not three seven four. Again, Bank of Canada would be five less one and a quarter, three seven five. The banks, assuming they give back all the one and a quarter, I was going to say this is going to be interesting too because we've seen in, in previous occasions where Bank of Canada lowers a quarter and the banks only give back fifteen basis points. It's going to be interesting to see whether the banks pull that same stunt again this time around. All right, birthdays. Birthdays, I got a few. Uh, Sandy Williamson, one of our senior underwriters, celebrating her birthday, as well as my beautiful niece, Vanessa, celebrating her birthday this week. My cousin, Savannah, and good family friend, and taking over his dad's business, uh, Marco Natoli, uh, son, of course, of Alfio, the super drywaller. And I want to wish everyone a happy family day. Enjoy your time with your family on Monday. I have a couple anniversaries. Uh, Jason Craig, who is my top-notch inside sales agent, celebrated nine years with the company on Tuesday. And I have a big one today. Today is Jocelyn, who's my assistant. I've been in the business just just hit twenty years in, in real estate. Today is her nineteen year anniversary working with me. Wow! Th- now this is the Mercedes year, right? Oh, everyone keeps saying that. I got to find a toy Mercedes somehow. <laughs> yeah. So twenty years, she'll be twenty years next year with me. So amazing! Have a great long weekend. Enjoy the family. Absolutely. Support local. Thank you. And su- yeah, support local businesses and charities, everyone. I tried to get it in there before, Frank. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.